Hello, and welcome to the Black Dice Society. This is Season 2, Episode 9, Studying Revenge Keeps Your Own Wounds Green. As always, the Black Dice Society is a horror game. This one is going to be um, particularly intense, maybe. I don't know. We've been at this a while. We've had some uh, some rough moments, so maybe this will just be par for the course, but who can say? Um as always, I'm familiar with the cast, lines, and veils. We have our safety systems in check that somebody can flag me or notify me if something's making them uncomfortable. And as such, the scene might shift immediately because one of the most important things about playing a horror game or playing a game at all is safety. Everybody has to feel comfortable at the table. It's the only way you can be open enough and vulnerable enough to really give it your all. Um, so... This might be a little different than most D&D shows, but I think if you're here with us, that is exactly why you're here. Um, tonight's episode, did I give the episode title? I'm thinking a million things that were, okay, I did. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest, Sage. Um, it, it was ominous, so that's why I remembered. <laughs> um, as always, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to uh, Die Hard Dice. Uh, you can still get our Dark Lord dice. Again, these beautiful dice uh, split open and you can recombine them into different uh, combinations that you like uh, for all of our Dark Lords and your Dark Lord needs. You can also use code BDS to get 10% off of your order there. Uh, for anything that you might that you might like uh as always warriors of Waterdeep, keep an eye out in the game you might see some of us in there the code should be appearing in chat here um uh, rt public store is live as always cups bags uh mugs uh, notebooks pillows anything you can want every time we're like you should put that on a pillow you actually can at our tea public store secret lab chairs i'm sure mark missed his dearly as he was traveling you know back in the throne there um highly recommended there uh and idle champions we should have our code going i actually got all the codes for the month so if something breaks for once just this one time it didn't break because of me so hopefully if you type in exclam code you should be able to get it there as always I, the reason why I keep this here is anytime anybody mentions Black Dice Society on anything I do, I literally just like whip this thing out, just like what this old thing. <laughs> uh, again, you can get your museum quality art of the Black Dice Society if you type exclam BDS art in chat, and a percentage of that goes to world builders to uh, ending global hunger. I don't know if I've mentioned that the last couple of times. Uh, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon. Thank you to our patrons. You literally make it possible to do what we do. Uh, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Black Dice Society, where we just uploaded a new bonus adventure of Valentine, where Valentine was and what she was doing when everyone else was touring through Nahara's memories. And when she woke up, she had some time with Desmond, where they got to connect as old friends, uh, which might give you some interesting insight into the two of them and where they are headed. So I'll give you the recap now, because when we come back, we're going in. Last week, Desmond was reunited with his brother Armand, who, as everyone 
had unfortunately predicted had fallen fully into Strahd's clutches and was a pure vampire in his own right and quite formidable. Despite having battled fiercely, his own vampiric charms had begin, begun to win over his brother, and Desmond started to understand that maybe, just maybe, Armand had been right all along. Brother Uriah, thinking very quickly, was able to turn him, not destroy him, but drive him away, to allow you all to escape Castle Ravenloft with two very important treasures. The skull of the silver dragon, Argenbolst, who appeared to Brother Uriah in a dream and told him if you would bring his skull back to Argenvolstholt in the north of Barovia, that he would be able to supply you with a fighting force of his undead knights, currently mindless revenants, to help you in your final battle, and also that you would find in Argenvolstholt a weapon capable of destroying Strahd von Zarevich if you could only perform this one task and help put his soul at rest. You also acquired a fairly unassuming-looking book, a handwritten journal that you haven't really had much time to look through, uh, that Strahd seems very preoccupied with. After making your escape um, with Arena and Ismark having uh, liberated the Undertaker's carriage, uh, cart, to ride north, you all were intercepted on the road in the middle of nowhere by an old friend, Rose, who has come to be fully revealed as the caller. She gave you a very simple offer. Give her the skull in the book so that she could return them to Von Zarevich, which would earn her her freedom from Barovia and allow her to leave. In exchange, she was prepared to let you all live and tell the vampire lord that she had not been able to find you. Unfortunately, or fortunately, you all chose differently. You chose violence, which is a path nine times out of ten. I'm always hoping you will choose. And a pitch battle ensued, where the caller has proven to be quite a formidable foe, and it's now become clear why she has been successful committing, quite frankly, the mass murders and atrocities that she has all across the plains for as long as she has. As it seemed like perhaps the tide of the battle was turning after Finn had been dropped but brought back by the healing power of Uriah and Desmond, the caller floated into the air and began crackling with a foul black energy. And that is where we will regain our story and begin again.
Tatiana. You find yourself in a cart that has now um, become even more tattered and ragged as the chaos of battle has rampaged around it. As you were tasked by your friends by only having to do one thing, to guard the skull, the 200-pound skull of the silver dragon Argenvost, as you crouch defensively over it, watching helplessly as the caller flies and teleports all around, battering your friends easily. But everyone knew if the skull was left unattended, there would be nothing to stop her from simply teleporting over and grab it. So you have been here defending it. As it took every ounce of my willpower to not fight. But this is an important task nonetheless. As you have seen the caller, which I'm going to come back to the group shot just to give everybody one quick reminder of exactly who it is the foe you face. Oh, she's hidden. There she is. <laughs> Stands gargantuan. Uh, she towers over the forest with six arms and eight red eyes in a head covered in horns in the tattered robes of what looks like some ancient forest strewn all over her body, flying high into the sky. Tatiana, you see she glows with an intense black energy. And Tatiana, if you would, give me a wisdom save. That doesn't sound good. I'm so glad I'm not cursed anymore, because that is a natural one. Are you sure you're no longer cursed? <laughs> Tatiana, a black wave rolls off the collar that you see moving out in over all of your friends like a tidal wave and everything goes dark. No, 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 no. You open your eyes and you see something terrible. You tell me. In Tatiana's heart of hearts, in the depths of her mind, in the most quiet reaches where she would never admit even a valentine quite frankly she wouldn't even admit to herself where is tatiana most afraid of going what is the worst memory she's been suppressing the first time in the fighting pit the first time she killed for sport instead of survival, but it is its own sort of survival. This day, the pit looked different. It was less developed. Banners were tattered before she had brought honor to the specific pit. And she was different. She was scrawnier, very scrawny, still tall, still blue. But without the gravitas she now walks with, without the carefreeness she's developed by pushing memories like this one back further and further in her mind. 
Tatiana, we know you were the last survivor of a bandit raid on your town. We know the leader of that raid was a Githyanki named Jibaku. She was old for a Githyanki. Her leathery yellow skin worn even more with lines and scars, but she was always fearsome. She took you under her wing, seeing a certain ferocity in you. Jibaku favored you in her own way, but the fighting pits are not a place for kindness and warmth. There in the dust, in the grit of this place, without even an audience, a meaningless training battle, but your first time with weapons with edges on it. Across from you stands a small goblin boy. You knew his name was Myral. You slept in the same common area and ate the same meager rations, both of you knowing that at some point this day would come. He's nowhere near your size, not even half. But he stands there, trembling, with a sword in his hand. Jibaku stands ten feet away, arms crossed, daggers hanging from her belt. And she calls out very simply, Today is the day. Only one of you will go to sleep tonight. If you hesitate, I will kill you both. Fight. Jibaku, this isn't fair. This isn't a fair fight. It's not fair, but if he's going to survive in the pits, he must become a spectacle as well. Do not underestimate goblins. They can be quite fearsome. Your femoral arteries are easily within reach, she points with a dagger. You see, he looks at you and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not. Come, come, Tatiana. I, 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 do, I do not wish to hurt you, but I don't want to die. And charges at you. Myrol, no, stop, Myrol. Please, please. Maybe there's another way. Maybe she'll let, uh, please. We have to. And you see, Myrol lunging as Jibaku instructed at your vulnerable inner thigh, which you know, a few quick cuts and you would bleed out in mere seconds, but it seems like everything stops as he's there, dagger poised. And you hear a familiar voice, a rose standing next to you. Well, this, well, this is not fair. I don't want to kill him. I don't want, I, I don't want to be here. Take me out of here, please. I don't want to be here. Not again, not again. I understand. Believe me, you, Tatiana, are a warrior, but an honorable one. There's no glory in this. His blood will stain these sands for no audience no glory no nothing my name is tati 
And I want to go back to my village. <gasps> Let me go back to my village. Tati. Such a beautiful name for such a strong girl. What if I told you you don't ever have to lose a fight ever again. You can decide whether or not you take a life or grant mercy. What if you could be out from under Jibaku right now? Why are you doing this? Oh, I'm not doing anything. You brought me here. Right. Right. <clears throat> Right. You. You. Get out of my head. Why would you take me to this place? Here's what I don't understand, Tatiana. Help me. Again, you are the honorable warrior. I don't get all of this honor and duty and all of the who cares. All that matters is saving your own skin. But I think, I think there's something matters to you even more than that. You help me, and I promise you, I won't hurt Valentine. I don't even want to. Help you, you mean give you the skull? No, you don't have to give me the skull. It sounds so transactional when you say it like that. All you have to do, give in to your rage. Give in to your anger. Come oh, at me. Here. Draw your weapons. Jump out of the wagon and charge at me gloriously. And when it just so happens the skull is unguarded, I'll do what I do. Believe me, Rose, there's nothing that sounds more delicious to me in this moment than coming at your throat with my kukris, or perhaps my claws. But you will not make me betray my friends, and they have told me my position in this fight, and that is to guard. So do what you may, you will never come through me. Well, I'm still alive. <sighs> Just tell me why. Why? You and I have had fun together, a lot of fun. I'd love to do it again, to tell you the truth. We could go anywhere. We could depart Barovia. We never have to come back. I'll help you get home. I don't know that Koshmar is there anymore, at least is under new management. Anything you want, I can do. Don't. Please, don't. Make me do this. Using your manners, eh? I'll tell you why. And still little scrawny version of Tatiana goes over and picks up the rusted, thin steel sword on the ground and runs at my roll and slices him uh neck to groin myrol looks down and blinks for a second and opens his mouth like he's going to say something 
In Tatiana, the room changes. You're standing over Lord Astaria. His throat slashed, the sword in your hand. And Valentine standing in the door, looking at you. <gasps> Tatiana, why? 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 Valentine, you know who did this. It wasn't me. You know this mm. wasn't me. You know I loved your father like, Does she? like my own. You know, that might be how you remember it, Tatiana. But I don't know that it's how she's going to remember it ever again. And That's when a lie. She, she trusts me. Set you with hatred in her eyes the same way Isolde looks at me. I want you to know it didn't have to be this way. You stop it. I run to the vision of Valentine. I touch her shoulders. You know I would never, you know, you know. Tatiana, you just see her staring at you with hate in her eyes. Don't look at me like that, Valentine. I know this isn't real, but don't. Stop, this is, get out of my head. The rest of you, for now, don't see anything. Nahara. Again, this black wave comes over you, rolling like an unstoppable force of nature. You can't escape it. You can't stop it. But do give me a wisdom save. Um, 19. As described previously, there's something, Nahara, deep inside, buried, long thought lost, perhaps even a memory that you didn't consciously have. You know you've lived over a dozen lives that each came to tragic and abrupt ends. All who had their own loves, their own losses, their own hopes, their own dreams. The only thing every version of you has had in common is the pursuit of Count Von Zarevich and an untimely, painful end. As this wave comes over Nahara, where does she go? What does she see? I am in a candlelit bedchamber in Castle Ravenloft at night. It's the night before my wedding. And I'm being fitted one last time in my gown by a chambermaid. Um, I take a little twirl in the dress and a knock comes at the door and it's Sergei. <laughs> and I tell him he's not supposed to see me in this dress because it's bad luck. <laughs> when Sergei opens the door, Nahara, 
It all takes a moment to even recognize the castle. It's bright. It's sunny. So many of the windows have been thrown open to let in the smell of the fresh blooming flowers of springtime blow through the castle. The colors are vibrant, the carpet warm, the servants happy. And Sergei von Zarevich looks at you with tears in his eyes and says, I, 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 How do I look? I fear, I fear that I must be sleeping, dreaming. You are a radiant vision. Oh, my love. I can't wait for tomorrow. Oh. I, when I first laid eyes on you, could never dare to dream that we would come to this place. My brother will return from the campaign tonight. He promised me he would be here for our wedding, for the ascension of our house of, of peace that will reign over Barovia. I couldn't dream of a happier time. How wonderful it is for your brother to show up for us. Nahara, as you have this joyful moment, the chambermaid that is lacing up your gown laces it a little too tight. And you hear a familiar voice in your ear. Oh, Nahara, your love triangle is a square, Sergei von Zarevich? You minx. And you see Rose standing next to you, dressed as one of these chambermaids. What is this? What are you doing here? I, I mean, I see what you see in him. Strahd is always so sunken and sallow and, you know, dead. But Sergey, look at him. Look at those shoulders. Look at that jawline. Girl. I had nearly forgotten about him. <laughs> I can understand why, because... This is not going to go well, Nahara. You see, Sergey reaches next to him and unhooks his scabbard. It is ornate and beautiful. And he says, I, while we're having bad luck, I wanted to show you something. The Smiths completed it in time. I didn't think... I... I can't describe it in words. And he pulls the blade out and it is gorgeous. It is the most spectacular sword you've ever seen, Nahara. It has a, a crystal blade. 
that is etched with a love poem. And when you hold it in just the right light, you can see your eyes etched right above the hilt. Whoever could have made such a beautiful thing? It is so you will always watch over me when I am in battle. And he hands it out to you. It's beautiful. I really don't know what to say. The hilt of it is well-made, sturdy, strong. Although the crystalline blade is a wonder, the hilt is not overly ostentatious. It's just like Sergei. Firm, reliable, but still glorious. I hold it out so it catches the light. Rose stands next to you again and looks, and she says, You know, Nahara, this doesn't have to go where we both know it's gonna go. The bloodbath Monzarevich is going to cause tomorrow is so horrific that this entire land will be ripped up and shunted into the mist. The dread domains exist because of Von Zarevich's butchery at your wedding. I, I can't change what's already happened. Yes, you can. Yes, How? you can. Why do we have to be limited? Why do we have to believe that the past is fixed? You and I work wonders and marvels daily. We raise the dead. We stop time. Why? Why do you have to suffer so, Nahara? Why do you have to anguish for life after life after life? Why does Sergei have to get taken from you? Why? How? How do I do so? I only need you to do one thing for me. What is Ur that? Uriah has the book. You know how Von Zarevich feels about the book. I do. Take it from him. Give it to me. Here's what I... you don't know about me. Or maybe I should reiterate. He said, I will never betray Uriah. And I will never give that book over to you. Ever. It is not my nature to negotiate. Normally, when someone causes me the aggravation that you all are starting to cause me, I rather quite enjoy dismembering them a piece at a time. Are you 
sure that you want to watch me break Uriah a piece at a time. I assure you, I'm quite efficient at it. He will not die until I will it. And I will not let him go you until you have seen me first. Oh, I have to get through you first. Fine. Tell me, Nahara, how are you going to get through them? And you see everything changes, Nahara. And you're in a familiar place. Falkovnia. You hear screams, chaos, doors being kicked in, the wailing of innocent people being put to the sword. All around you, riders are rampaging through the streets and you stand there in your flawless white gown. And you see Vladeska Drakov on the back of an almost impossibly large black horse. And she turns and looks at you and you see she hefts up on a spear. And Rose leans in your ear one last time. This is it. She throws that spear. You know what happens. You die. Von Zarevich curses this place. Centuries of torment for you and them. You could avert all of it right now. And you see, she very much hefts it. And you know all too well, Nahara, she will not miss. She does not miss. Save. Change. Save them all. Save Uriah, please. If I go back and I change the course of time, then I would have never met Uriah. And so I will die a thousand deaths to have him do your worst. She opens her mouth like she's going to say something to you and you feel it again. And Rose reaches out and runs her finger through the blood in your gown and says, wherever you incarnate next, I will find you. And I will be waiting. In darkness takes you, Nahara. Uriah. Wisdom save for me, please. 23. Where does Uriah go? What does he see? Every child of Darkon is taught to dread the dark, to fear and respect the night when the hungry dead walk the land. But when I was a boy, 
all the gruesome stories and all the cautionary tales. They were no more than lessons learned by rote. I did what I was told, but I was a happy child. I had my innocence until that night at the carnival when I first felt true terror, experienced true horror. That moment when what I thought was another child, a girl my age, she smiled at me, said she wanted to play. She led me from the gaudy tents and the music towards the dark of the woods. She guided me as we left the light cast by the colored lanterns, holding me lightly at the wrist and then suddenly her fingers tightened like bands of cold iron. And she turned to me and her smile widened, growing wider and wider until it split her face in two. And she threw her head back, her eyes rotting from their sockets and began to laugh, a horrible laugh. It seemed to come from the pits of the nine hells themselves. And then, and then Fen was there and, and she faced it down and I was safe, but, but I was never the same after that. In my darkest moments, my moments of despair, I found myself always back at the edge of those woods, hearing that laugh and looking into that awful eyeless face. This time, Uriah, it all happens like you remember. It all happens. The tightening grip, the eyeless smile, the cackling laughter. In the moment when Finn usually intervenes, thankfully, mercifully intervenes, she doesn't. This thing looks at you. Are you afraid, little boy? Yes. Yes. You think someone's coming to save you, don't you? She does. She did. She saved me. Fen. Fen saved me. She's got her own problems this time and you see 20 30 feet away from you Finn kneeling on the ground holding Isolde's dead body with Nepenthe stabbed through her chest mm, that doesn't look good Finn Finn no Finn, what have oh. you done to her what? You should concentrate on you right now. Would you like to know a secret? Oh, wait a second. I promised you candy. End 
the hand opens and there are Darconian sweeties, the kind only the highest of society, the most spoiled of the gentries at their lavish balls that people like you never get to attend. Uriah, sparkle and scintillate in the palm of her hand, as horrible as all of this is. Your childlike eyes can't help but realize what's being offered to you. No, no, thank you very much. I, I, I fear they'd spoil my supper. You, I just want to go. I just, I just, I just want to go. I, you may never have another supper, Uriah. Would you like to know a secret? What secret? She gets impossibly close to you, where you can feel the dampness of her rotting flesh, the hollowed out sockets of her eyes becoming like black holes consuming you. Would you like to know who I am and why I chose you? Who are you then? Who are you then? Such a scrawny thing. And yet already the makings of your courage. That courage has brought you and your friends to their doom. Why, Uriah, did you listen to that pitiful old dragon? Your friends are suffering. Their anguish is your fault. Why? My friends. My friends have the strength to resist you. And how many more will suffer if we, we give you what you want? Yes, I know who you are. Call, call yourself... Rose, or any other name, but I, I know who you are. You see, right in front of you, this horrifying thing changes into the beautiful face that you have come to know as Rose. And yet you still remain a little boy. And she leans down and she says, This actually isn't some trick memory, Uriah. It really was me all those years ago. Do what? you know who set me on your path? It was you. Yes. I told you, I do what I like to do. You like. For people who want me to do it to the people they want it done to. I didn't pick you as a random little boy. I was sent. Think about it. And she taps you on the forehead. Who 
Who would benefit most from your death? Who would want to get rid of the competition, Uriah? Competition? What? Yes. I was a child. I had not even turned to Ezra's path at that point. She reaches in her pocket and holds her hand open again, full of candy, but this time there's a single human toe right in the middle. A competition. Yes? Who, who sent you then? <sighs> I realize you have no reason to believe what I am about to tell you, Uriah. But I'm trusting in your own natural ability to discern the truth, because despite what you may think, I have never lied to you. I have been very clear about who and what I am and what I want. Yes, I suppose you spoke the truth all those years ago when you said you wanted to play. Oh. I just didn't know what game you were playing. <laughs> For what it's worth, I would have let you eat the candy before. And who sent she, you? She, who motion, she motions towards a tree. A tree that you recognize, not too far outside of the carnival. The tree that has a hidden door set into it that connects to a very different demiplane. Inside resides a very powerful wizard. I don't understand. I'll spell it out for you. Your uncle, Faron Zalhonen, formed a pact with me to kill you. He formed a pact with me to kill every version of you. All of Aslan's little backup plans. I think, normally, as a professional courtesy, I wouldn't just divulge this, but that deal's done. And quite frankly, you may never live to even tell him I told what I think your uncle thought was you're a phylactery of some sort. I don't know what you know about liches, but Aslan Rex can't die as long as a piece of him survives. So every little Aslan, everywhere became my job. It does so happen that particular night a certain dark elf did intervene but I was aware of uh, the twists of fate. Perhaps I did not exactly carry out the word of the agreement. He intended for me to destroy you when you were but a child. I knew at some point, at some point, it would come to this. I need you to know, I offered Nahara a very easy way out that would spare your life, and she chose to let you suffer and die. So take that with you when you're suffering in agony. But I just want you to know, the only family you ever thought loved you thought you were a curiosity, a science experiment, that he wanted to feed to me. I see. He certainly had ample opportunity since i've been in his presence and he's helped us none of us could match the power of an archmage has he helped you uriah really think this through has he helped you 
Or has he helped himself? What's the one thing he asks you to do? Go back into Darkon. Eliminate another macabre. Right? Insight check. Roll it. That is a 12 plus 13, 25. You detect no deception. It is possible she's a spectacularly good liar. Or she's telling you the truth. I was well aware that my uncle is primarily motivated by self-interest. But you've told me of Nahara. I am sure she did reject your offer, even if it included freedom for all of us. And I will do the same. For she was right. You will not get what you want. Perhaps you'll kill us and take it. But none of us will give it to you. Are you sure? I know you think you and Nahara have something special. Fine. I have no head for such things, really. If anything, I tend to use loving connections as leverage to torture and torment. But are you sure Valentine, even Tatiana, even Desmond, when I offer to give him his brother back? Finn... I'm going to have to kill Finn. But that's still 50-50, and I just need one of them to take the deal, Uriah. I believe in all of them. I've stood by them. I've traveled with them, and I know them. And perhaps, perhaps your trickery will be sufficient. But as for myself, I have another who stands beside me. Perhaps Nahara and Fen are trapped by you. But Ezra stands by me now. It was she who led me from darkness, the darkness that you plunged me into. The Lady of the Mists. Her power dwarfs yours. And I think you know that I am speaking the truth now. I think you are not the first person to clutch a holy symbol and die screaming. You don't even know who your goddess is. It's beyond the scope of our time together for me to show that to you just now. But I do think your friends Desmond and Tatiana may get some insight pending how this all shakes out. There is one last thing I need you to see, though. In everything shifts. It's Darkon, Uriah. Tall, ominous buildings. 
each of them is cruel and sharp is Aslan Rex himself. As you've come to realize, this domain is his will made manifest all over, up to and including the tiny slivers of peace that you have enjoyed. These spires I see, am I looking at Castle Avernus itself? Aslan's seat of power? You are. But something is terribly wrong, Uriah. Darkon, like everywhere that you've now traveled in the mist, has its own unique oppressive nature. But it's like it's unraveling. When last you were home, they told you the mists creep in more and more every night and don't roll out again, that the edges of Darkon are being eaten, consumed. But this time, as you look up, you see the bleak, starless sky that you're accustomed to with the odd pinprick of light that comes through on occasion, but there are long tears through the sky, like reality itself is coming apart. Chunks of buildings float like rubble and in the midst of that rubble you see people floating in disintegrating into their component parts slowly and painfully what is this what what are you showing me this is the work of your king Aslan rex or at least his absence he has upset the natural order. Normally, I would be a fan of such things, being a creature of chaos myself. But his absence here causes death and torment. Look, look at these people. Look how they suffer, Uriah. <sighs> Your home is dying, along with everyone in it. And you will not be able to stop it. And I suppose you'll tell me that you can? That if I do as you say, you can save Darkon? Oh, no. Actually, ironically, Darkon's only hope is you. But unfortunate for you, you are not going to escape me. And the darkness washes over you, Uriah. Valentine. Where does Valentine go? She finds herself uh, at the front of house in her parents' business, the uh, like underground kind of socialite club that they run. You can see out the front door that there is like a large heavy gate and um, a large man standing in front of it. She stands at like a, a little bit of a podium with her mother kind of ushering her up to it to uh, work the front of house tonight and uh, her mother looks kind of hurried and rushing to get her up there and leave um, and ever so slightly in the background you can hear kind of bursts of magical energies that sound almost like loud smacks against something and crushing through walls and breakage happening in the back of the club uh, to the sound of 
like strains coming from her father. It's not the occasion in which her family was taken from her, but it is the first time that she was put forward to be responsible as a child and uh, kind of cover up for her family's uh, kind of shady business dealings and the, the kind of events that would happen in the club. For you, Valentine, it is slightly different. The scene plays out exactly like you remember. It has been a bit of a mercy in your current state. You don't dream as such. So this nightmare does not recur often, except maybe in the odd moment where you quite uncharacteristically don't discipline your thoughts enough and they wander back to this moment. But it has not been at the forefront of your consciousness like this for some time. As you hear the chaos around you and your mother shuffling you forward, at the podium, you see a familiar face as Rose stands there wearing the immaculate fitted green gown that you've become accustomed to seeing her in. And she what, turns and looks and she says, ah, oh, it's quite an operation they're running here. I see where you get it. Your mother's quite formidable and your father, oh, I thought I was merciless. And Valentine just kind of automatically like snaps into this routine it's been so long, but it was so, it became such a familiarity after this event that she instantly starts kind of like ushering people in different directions around the building, trying to like assess what's real and look at Rose as she's trying to stop people from going towards the back of the building and seeing or hearing what's happening, um, pushing things around and making a little bit of noise to cover up the like grunts and groans of pain in the background. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> and, and in a way that you don't see anymore, Valentine is uh, smiling in a way that is fake and trying to cover up. And she's looking at Rose and just, why, why are you here? Why, why am, why am I here? Would you like a professional suggestion? You should fly out flagons of wine to every table. The rabble are easily distracted by a little bit of uh I'm not I know. not supposed to be handling the wine. I Oh, are you too young to handle the wine? But you're old enough to handle the uh <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you don't know. It, professionally, as someone who makes their way through the world, exploiting weakness, vulnerability, quite frankly, torturer, barbarism, and maliciousness, even I've heard of the Astorias. I just, th that thing he did with the toenails? Like, I, I didn't even know. Stop. I, I didn't know you could beat someone on the bottom of the foot. Do not speak of my family. You know mm. nothing. 
of them. You know nothing of my father. It's certainly nothing of my mother. But I know a lot about you, and I think you and I are a lot more alike than you would like to admit. With the others. The others. I've shown them things like this. I've tormented them. I've antagonized them. I've alternatively crushed their wills, and I'm sure you would understand. Some of them intend to be defiant to the last, and make no mistake, it will be their last. But you and I, you and I can talk business. I'm not here to antagonize you. You brought me here. I'm here to deal. If we're so alike, then how would you assess me as less stubborn than the rest? I think you're pragmatic. Listen, I've come to deduce. I'm trapped here in Barovia due to some accord that Von Zarevich made, probably with Finn. She thinks she wants revenge. Lots of people do. I altered the stakes. I made a counter deal. I figured out what he wanted, the skull in the book, and in exchange, bartered for my freedom. There's something you want, Valentine. I'm willing to help you get it. I know you want power. I know you want your friends to be all right, mostly Tatiana, but I feel you've got some kinship for all of them. This isn't a weakness. I've had friends. I'd like to think you and I could be friends. We're not. Well, you have the advantage, hopefully, of a very long life. You may feel differently about me in the centuries to come. But we're not talking about centuries to come. We're talking about right now. I do want power. You're right, Rose. But I am deeply and uniquely qualified to achieve it on my own. And just because I have brought you to a place where many other people's choices became my problem does not mean that I will take on yours. Your desire to leave this place is simply not of my concern. And if you're going to kill me over it, I think you would have quite well assessed that that's not a fear of mine. You're right. You're right. And if I may, Please. I would like to now having had her make me aware that this is not happening and this is not real and snapped out of it a little bit. Uh, I would like to try and take control in some capacity of what this dream looks like. Give me a wisdom save. Pretty good wisdom save. Uh, I don't have a great modifier, but it's a 19. It's not enough, Valentine. You can pull away from some of the existential dread, the woman you've become shining through to the unfortunately young lady you were at the time, but it well, does then. not innately free you from this. Great, I would like to reach under the podium where I know the dagger is that my father kept under and showed me how to use. And I would like to take it and I would like to slash down my arm. You do so and you see Rose's, why, uh, Rose's eyes widen for a second. She says, well, I like where this is headed. What, what, what do you, what, what, is, what, what is this? What, what is this? You don't get to control me. <gasps> 
Oh, you think, okay, right. Um, you know, believe it or not, I don't want to control you. Everybody else seems to. That thing in your head, the other thing it's connected to, Von Zarevich, Aslan, even your friend, Voronika. Everybody wants something from you, Valentine. She like smashes across her shoulder and keeps looking Rose directly into the eyes. Sure you don't. You're just playing mind games with us for fun. No, you absolutely have something you want from me. <laughs> and to take me for a fool is where it becomes insulting <laughs> and embarrassing. Let me ask you a different question. Because I respect you. I respect what your family accomplished, no matter what you might believe. I wish it hadn't gone the way it went for them, honestly. Or at least I'd got to do it myself, maybe. I would like to strike her. While she's talking. When you try, it's like that slow motion thing in Nightmares. Where the dagger comes towards her. But she just looks at it and she's like, Really? Not, no. No. And she does put her finger out and just stops it in the middle. It's not going to go down like that. Not here. You brought me to this place where you are the most powerless. You did. Not me. Not anymore. It's been a long time. And I'm afraid that once your past kills you, it can't really hurt you anymore. Oh, I assure you, you are very wrong about that, as your friends are all learning right now. But let me ask you a question. I told you, you and I are not so dissimilar. So, if our roles were reversed, if you had this oddly, heroically obstinate group of fools that were willing to die over nothing, that reason wasn't working, hmm, threats, mildly effective. I don't think it's a threat when I mean it, though it's more of a promise, like I'm telling you what I'm going to do to you, but you know, it's not, that's also not motivating people. How would you, Valentine Astoria, handle it? I want to leave Barovia. Von Zarevich is the gatekeeper. I must appease him, and I will bathe in the blood of everyone in this godforsaken domain if I have to do it. So, what would you do? Well, you see, you and I would never be in the same position. I don't run errands for people. <laughs> You think so? Okay. Yeah, the god brain lets you off the leash just for fun. But okay. All right. Fine. You're not running an errand at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would you like to talk to him? <sighs> you know, I actually haven't done any business with the god brain. Perhaps when I get out of here, I will pay Blutespur a visit. I'd mm. love to introduce you. Mm. He can meet my price, but I apologize. I interrupted you. Please continue. If you were me. If I were you, I would put on some better shoes and I would solve my own problems. That is especially hurtful from the only other person wearing sensible footwear in this place. We are not the same, Rose. 
<sighs> okay. Okay. Good luck with your mind games. Mmm. Mind games. <sighs> Unfortunately for you, not everyone is quite as tough as you are. And the room begins to spin and you see Tatiana standing with the sword over the body of her father, over your father, looking at you with tears in her eyes, begging for your forgiveness for having killed him. I just wrap mm. my arms around and hug Tatiana. The exact same thing happens. That moving in mud thing where you can't quite reach her. And Rose leans next to your ear and says, you can't help her. You can't help any of them. She is going to suffer. And I'm going to do my job. She doesn't and want my help. The darkness washes over you, Valentine. Desmond. Where does Desmond go? Desmond is sitting in the throne of Kashmar. It is the morning of his ascension to the throne. He is not happy about it. He is surrounded by the council and subjects and he just is not excited about all the politics that he's about to hear people talk about. And have to be a deciding factor in all of it. Where is your brother Armand? And where is Voronika? Voronika Is, to my, is by my side. Veronica is the queen. And Armand is head of the council, as usual. Keep it in the family, of course. And I get the feeling he's annoyed to see me, but it's the price of royalty. It's the price of being the king. People are annoyed to see you most of the time. You see Veronica sits bolt upright, looking absolutely resplendent in her green gown, floral print. She cuts her eye to you and gives you the tiniest smile before directing it back forward. You know, this is the day that she's been waiting for her entire life. Armand stands at the head of the table, wearing his full military regalia, but conspicuously missing his father's medals. Those are all pinned to your chest, King. They are as cold and uncomfortable as the crown that sits on your head. A servant approaches with yet another 
flagon of mead. And Voronika very quietly says, Don't you think you've had enough? You need your wits about you, my king. Maybe. That would be the last one. As the cupbearer draws closer, holding this out in front of you, she very slowly raises her head, and you see a familiar pair of green eyes. His rose stands before you. You know, Desmond, I've been doing this a long time, and this is the first time ever I've seen somebody be upset about marrying their true love and becoming king. <laughs> it's, I, what? Oh, sorry. I apologize. And she very much gives you a dramatic curtsy. All hail King Desmond Droon of Koshmar and everyone in the room. All hail! <laughs> Desmond just kind of leans forward and you of all people know it's drones. <laughs> and better late than never. <laughs> I will let you here. Well, I was going to ask you, why are we here? You brought me here. This is the worst place for you. This is what you fear the most. I've gained a very interesting insight into your friends. You learn a lot about a person, about where they don't want to be and what they don't want to face. And yet, all the misery, horror, that has befallen you since the night of well, their wedding, the miss, the agony, the pain, the suffering, your brother, Ramon's death, Voronika becoming whatever it is she is now, which is an interesting thing that we're going to need to discuss. All of that is better than this? Wow. I believe you. If it weren't true, we wouldn't be here, but wow. Yeah. Being here with her hey, okay fantastic even being here this place it's dreadfully boring at least there there was something to do there was never a lack of joy of something to fight this sitting in a room Surrounded by people that just want to talk and talk and talk and do nothing. I'm a ranger. I'm meant for the forest. This is. And he just looks at Voronika, knowing that her family is from the forests, all about the forests. And. 
he just is like silently acknowledges that she for him is his connection to the forest and the reason that this room is even bearable everything else doesn't care at all you see rose walks over and sits on your lap and drapes her arms around your neck and you find strangely you're unable to throw her off of you and definitely tried immediately like Mm -hmm. it's like your body doesn't react oh you weren't so upset about it last time well i mean i guess you didn't know i had control of my hands last time and my everything this is Oh, you had control of your everything. <laughs> Again, I've been doing this a long time. And between you and Tatiana, that was, oh, that was a time. That was a time. I wish, wish we could have stayed that way instead of this way. First off, you're welcome. <laughs> Second, it doesn't have to be this way. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. Now, what do you want? Because obviously you want something. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be surrounded by this boredom. It is its own unique hell, isn't it? All of their plotting and scheming and gossiping. Do you know everybody in this room probably would have lived for another 50, 60 winters? You would have had a time of peace, some renewal at least. No thanks to you, by the way. Voronika is actually very brilliant and capable. Did you know, did you know how angry she was? How much hate was in her heart? Nope. Hmm. I mean, you're supposed to be the woodsman, the hunter, the perceptive one. You didn't notice that, though. That's rough. That's rough. Isn't it? (sighs) I can help you get your brother back. I can help you get Voronika back. I know how to restore them both. I'll even tell it to you so that you know I'm telling you the truth. And then I will help you carry it out. Let me guess. You want the carriage. The skull in the book, to be more precise. Let me, let me stop you right there. Why? His decision. Voronika made her decision. There is nothing (sighs) here for us to talk about. You can talk. You can talk to me until you're blue in the face. You can try to get from me what you want. You will get nothing. I mean, to be fair, you already got a lot. That's (laughs) so so did you. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. Hang on. It was transactional. Um, Fair. Voronika. That, that right there was the end of the transaction, though. Mm. Voronika, yes. Okay. Voronika very much 
made her choice. She saw an opportunity and she took it. Hey, you know, respect. If I was there, I probably would have done something similar. Armand, though, Armand, he only ever loved you. He only ever wanted to do what was best for his family and his land and his bride, who he truly loved. Look what it got him. Von Zarevich plucked him out of the miss, extracted information out of him, broke him, killed him, quite frankly, and turned him into whatever that Armand-shaped vessel is now. He didn't choose that. If you want to leave Voronega languishing in the mist, fine, but your pure, sweet little brother, if there is truly a victim in all of this, it's him. And this is from me, who specializes in victims. It's funny. You're talking about victims, you're talking about Armand, when this happened to us all. Armand didn't choose this. Neither did we. Neither did I. I didn't choose to be sent into the mists. I didn't choose to be used as a vessel for someone else's plane. None of this was a decision. So no. It's, it is horrible. It is absolutely horrible what's happened to Armand. I'm aware. Sadly, I can't do anything to help Armand. At least as of right now. Because I'm standing here talking to you. And... If there was something I could do, save for giving you what you want, happily. But I already know there's nothing that I can give you that would not be disrespectful to my friends, my pack. Desmond. I mean, to be fair, I have already given you a lot. You're welcome to get it. You know, I mean, uh, if I mean, yeah, you're if you, I mean, well, I mean, but if you know, if you want like one last round here, I mean, in now front of your wife, that might be kind of wild. You I mean, your wife did, and your brother. You I mean, are literally actively trying to kill us all right now. Uh, how dare? That's actually how what dare? I need. That's what I really need you to understand. I will kill you all. I will kill Finn first. I will kill Uriah last. I will kill you all. For what, Desmond? For what? You can, I just, okay, okay. Wait, right you, there. Give me what I want. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, my turn. If you could have killed us already, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, that's where you're very wrong. Remember, I told you, I don't want to hurt you, which is uncommon for me. I want to hurt everybody. There's something in you all that I find interesting in this pale, bland, repetitive, stupid place where everyone is broken and cowed and hopeless. Everyone is so scared all the time. There's not even any joy in antagonizing these people. At least you six still have something. Fine. Fine. Are we done here? It's, you're not getting what you want. That's just the thing. Oh, no. I am. I'm going to get what I want. It's just going to take a slightly longer road 
than I anticipated. I believe you. <gasps> oh, you're doing that thing. You're doing that thing. Okay, let me show you something. And you see the room begins to swirl. And you see a werewolf. Massive. Maybe as big as the one that works for Von Zarevich. And he is covered in silver nets. And he's struggling at it. And they're yanking and pulling him to the ground. And you see your mother standing there, yelling, pointing out orders. Restrain him. Restrain him. No harm must come to the king. And she turns and she looks at you, Desmond. And you see it's you. You're very small, maybe six years old. Snuck out and followed the men in arms into the night. Armand's a baby in the crib. And you peek out from around a tree. And she turns and looks at you. And Rose leans down next to you. And she says, They've been lying to you your whole life. You don't know who your mother is. You don't know who your father was. You don't even know who you are. You definitely don't know who these strangers that you travel with are. <laughs> it seems foolish to me that you trade yourself, your life, so freely. In the darkness washes over you, Desmond, leaving you in this place. Finn. Yes. Where does Finn go? Finn is back home, actually. She's younger, and she's actually leaning over another drow. Regretful as she pulls away and there's blood dripping down her face and she used her fangs for the first time and this is when she realizes what she is what she needs to do to be safe and to keep her family safe and she's running away to her room to grab a few things before she leaves she knows what she is and she knows she can't stay there and be safe Finn as you go running into your room, the hot blood staining your jaw as you frantically try and wipe it off. When you come into the room, you see that same person, that drow that you just killed, standing there, a ragged, gaping wound on their neck, blood soaking through their tunic, their eyes paled and looking at nothing in particular. Why, Finn? Why'd you kill me? It wasn't on purpose, Marius. It was whatever beast I am coming through. I thought we were supposed to be friends. We are. 
why do you think I'm leaving so I can't do this again? You know, I died cursing your name. I know. And, and the body collapses to the floor. And you hear... Can I come in? Or is this a bad time? And I'm guessing I know it's Rose. Mm-hmm. You all got started early. So much formative childhood trauma. It's delicious, really. What do you want? I came to you last because I think you are the least likely to be reasonable, but you should be the most likely. Oh, let me guess. You're going to bargain he sold for what you want and you think I'll do it. No, actually, I don't think you will. I don't think you will. I don't think you're interested in any deal that I have to cut. You want to go down swinging for the sake of your lady love, which I don't understand, but apparently is noble. Oh, you have no heart. Why would I? Mm. You got me there, so come on. You're wasting time. No, I'm giving you more. Because no, once. Because when we're done here, it's all over for you. Mm. You saw what I'm capable of. You already saw when you hit the ground and you looked into the oblivion and you saw Lolt's hungry maw opening up to swallow you whole, sinner. You know what's coming for you. And Uriah's not going to be able to save you because he's coming right next. It's going mm. to be the end. And okay. maybe, maybe I'll take Nepenthe and kill Von Zarovich with it, honestly. Because once he lets me out of Barovia, or at least the bonds that you put me in, I don't have any reason to let him live or unlive or whatever it is. I just, I've been toying with you a long time. I've been toying with his soul a long time. And I feel like I owe you something. Besides a warrior's death, which the oh. rest of your friends are not going to get for the record. But I do owe you the truth. Would you like to know why I killed Isolde's family? She doesn't know. She'll never know. And I will tell you, no strings attached. It's you. There's always a string. Nope. Not this time. Not this one time. You say I don't have a heart, but whatever goodness I've got inside, at least I want you to have full context of how it is you came to be in this mess before you meet your end. Oh, come on. You're boring me. Just give it to me. <laughs> For what it's worth, it's not that she's been lying to you. She doesn't know. You see the room begins to swirl and you see a familiar place. You see familiar faces, but assembled and combined in a way that doesn't quite make sense. It's the witch-like carnival. <laughs> 
when Isolde still ran it. Looks very similar. Brightly colored, cheerful, festive. You hear the laughter of children, smoking meat, delectable cakes and candies, that incredible merwoman you saw before, singing happily long before her voice was stolen. You see Witch in Light walking around, but very much looking like they're surveying the place and sort of like elbowing each other and even looking about wonderfully and wondrously around. And you see Isolde. Mm-hmm. The face you know as an Eladrin. Her life is expansive, possibly eternal. She already is the great warrior you came to recognize. But she somehow stands taller. Somehow her shoulders are squarer. Somehow her bearing is more confident and joyful. There's a lightness about her that you have never seen. She's borderline jubilant. In Nepenthe is nowhere to be seen. Across from her, you see Zabilda, the Archfey, towering in unearthly beauty. The two of them, under a different set of circumstances, could be mistaken for some sort of pantheons of gods or demigods, at least. And Isolde reaches out and takes the Bildna's hand. Oh, my dearest love. I wish I could spend the rest of eternity here with you. I wish this were enough. These centuries, they've been the best of my life. But I'm not cut out for this. My brothers and sisters, we're warriors. We slay evil. We bring order. We help. And Zabilna nods slowly. I just let me go for a time. I, 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 I'll even, I'll run another carnival. Those, you see those Shadarkai over there? They're from a place called... The Miss? I don't understand it, but they have their own carnival. We've reached an accord. We will simply trade for a time. I will go range. I will take my brothers and sisters with me. We will see whatever these Miss are like. They say it can go anywhere, even outside of here. This place is so, so, so beautiful. The trees, the plants, the birds, heavenly. But even heaven grows old after a time. You have to understand that. And you see Zabilna strokes her chin for a second. I command 
the Feywild, <laughs> at least my part of it. It is as I say it is. If I say it will be day, it will be so. If I say it will be night, it will be so. If I say the flowers bloom, they will. If I say the fruit grows, it does. And you were telling me that my domain, Prismere, is not enough for you, Isolde. I, Zabilna, am not enough for you. You choose your brothers and sisters. You choose adventure over me. And Isolde runs her fingers through her long hair, sighs deeply. And she switches to Sylvan. I do not wish to cause you harm. I love you, Zabilna. I have loved you. I will continue to love you. But this place, even a gilded cage, is a cage. And if you loved me, you would let me go. Finn, you see the sky begins to darken slightly as storm clouds roll in. People look up and begin rushing to batten down the tents as they begin to flap. And the children begin to cry as their ice cream cones are blown over and their treats fall out of their hands. As a terrible storm begins, whipping up the wind first, and you hear the rumble of the thunder, but it hasn't come yet. And Isolde looks up at it. She's like, please do not take your anger out on these innocent people. Let me go. And Zabilna looks at her and she says, I will not hurt these innocent people. I will let you go. But you will never have any peace. The brothers and sisters you hold so dear, I will take from you. The places you wish to visit will be hellish. You will not know love. You will not know joy. And most importantly, you will not know why. And she reaches out and grabs Isolde's head. And you see Isolde reaches instinctively for her weapon, but just freezes and goes limp on the ground. And you see Rose standing next to you and she says, sorry, this is actually where I enter into the story. And she walks right past you over to Zabilna and looks down at Isolde. She says, beautiful. I see why she's your type. And Zabilna, looks at her as the lightning crashes. She can have her carnival. I will send my fae to harry and worry her. She will have to move forever. But I know my darling Isolde. 
If it's just that, she will stand and fight. She will dig in and make war on the Fae because that's her nature, the glorious conquering hero warrior. You, Rose, I need you to become her target. I need you to be the thing that she seeks and never finds. I need you to antagonize her in a way that she will never forget. And Rose looks down at her and looks right at you and smiles. She says, she mentioned some brothers and sisters, right? I'll start with them. And Zabilna looks down at her and says, she will not remember or understand what she did to be a cursed so, but I will. And Zabilna disappears. And Rose looks up from Zabilna, from Isolde's unconscious body and looks at you and she says, see, that's so what it was. So because you two are childish and manipulative and possessive, that's why you chose to torment his soul. That's what you took from this? No, no, no. Yes, Zabilna was all of those things. She's terrible. Uh, honestly, Voronika did us all a favor. I was going to get back around to killing her myself one day. No, 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 no. Isolde tried to upset the natural order. Isolde just wanted to go back to her family. What is wrong with you all? Well, you see what that got her, which brings us back to the quandary you find yourself in now. There's Isolde no wanted to defy an unstoppable force of nature. In this case, I'm the storm. And you want to save your brothers and sisters. Mm, no, just assault. Well, okay. Okay. So, I already know you want to do this the hard way. You're quite stubborn. But yeah. just one last time. That sweet little boy, Uriah. Your homie, mm -hmm. Desmond. Nahara. Tatiana, Valentine, just so we're super, super, super clear, because I'm going to have to tell this story one day. Their deaths are a fair price to pay for you to have a shot at revenge against me, which for the record, just so we're clear, Nepenthe has deceived you. A soul will never thank you for it. Even if she finds out I'm dead, but not by her hand, it will bring no peace. So you're doing this truly for nothing, but I just want to make sure that you want to die today. I just look at her. So you say this like I don't know the price I was willing to pay. You think I could actually just walked back into the town with his soul and here's the caller's head did you a favor now things are back the way they thought they were going to be i knew that the minute i took Nepen, things were over i do this because it's the right thing to do for her desmond i'll fight by his side but he's stronger than you think so is 
Uriah. Nahara doesn't fear you. You're right. You're right. They think they don't have to be afraid. They think there is a chance. I assure you, your friends are fools. And I will do you the kindness of releasing you from this futile delusion of revenge. Because now I am going to kill you first. And that is a good place for us to take a little break. And take a quick 10. Don't go anywhere. And we will finish our battle with the caller. Be right back. All of you, the assorted terrible visions you were being presented with disperse and you are back perhaps thankfully which is an odd way to describe Barovia back in the land that you recognize all your friends around you all intact with Rose still flying up in the sky crackling with energy and one thing all of you notice is she looks distinctly better than she did a second ago as you realize last time hurting you heals her apparently even mental anguish has some restorative value she's still very much injured very much wounded but has definitely healed i have our initiative from last time and i have actually inserted tatiana into the initiative but here at the top of the round unfortunately dear friends rose is first and she did make a promise that yep. she was going to kill Finn first. So, Finn, what is your armor class currently? Um, quick question. Do I get anything extra from Dreadform or no? I don't think it's AC, but Nahara, you're the other uh, Dreadform person. Is it an um, AC boost? No, it's not an AC boost. You get okay. hit points. Yeah. Uh, 15. Uh she is going to hit you twice finn as her eyes light up and that black energy leaps out again for 34 points of necrotic damage more accurately 17 and 17. oh boy and you all in again as you have noticed before when this happens you see more wounds on her begin to close up and you hear this time before she was speaking with this rumbly terrible voice now this truly gargantuan monstrosity you hear her voice in each one of your heads and it is the voice that you've come to know of rose not hear the true form of the caller just remember it did not have to be this way however tatiana it is your turn tatiana has obviously been here the whole time clearly fearlessly guarding this dragon skull but after being provoked after being shown the image of valentine immovable to Tatiana's woes, 
she's had enough. That's crossing a line. And uh, she would like to rage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... I'm even going to give you that bonus action because Tatiana would have raged already in the process of this battle. So I, I'll give you as a mulligan that Tatiana is already plenty enraged. That is wonderful. Because <laughs> of my combat wild shape, I can use my bonus action to wild shape uh, mm-hmm. and then use my action to run at her. So she is currently flying if you would like to wild shape into something flying it is almost like she knows there's several dangerous pointy people on the ground she's 120 feet in the air in fact at this exact moment she is 120 feet in front of the cart 120 feet in the air so (laughs) diagonally 120. (laughs) okay so hmm what flies uh, I was gonna say there's no wrong answer, but there's a number of wrong answers. You know, uh, something speaks to her from another plane of existence, and she remembers once encountering something with the body of a bear, but the face of an owl. Owl bear don't fly. No, but why is it gotta? That's true. It's you would think, yeah, no, it's, it's a bum just, deal. Just because the face, um, it's true. okay, it's, a, it's because does they a have bear the right, owl fly though. They have the right to bear arms. Rose is gonna spare you, Uriah. She's like, you were gonna <laughs> die. You know what? Not not this time, buddy. You you can go. You can. Leave. It's okay. Aslan made that joke. <laughs> I'm coming for Aslan. Wait, next. wait, hang on. Now I need to hear Aslan make that joke. <laughs> well, you will note that. They have the right to bear arms rather than owl wings. <laughs> I hate it and I love it. <laughs> Simultaneously, it's a really difficult situation. I'll be here all week. Try the deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Plan. I was I was only stalling for the sake of you being able to look at your wild shape forms. Yeah. You know, there's no great source for these. What? That is true. Uh, she once was in a land, obviously, where she saw what we all know from the late Crustaceous period as the Quetzalcoatlus. Of course. Why wouldn't you? That's a thing. Everybody's seen that. Yep. Yes. Uh, which is a, uh, <laughs> uh, a CR2, I believe. Um, and Indeed it is. Has a fly speed of 80. Okay, we got this. Indeed she, it does. Her uh, blue neck elongates as her head extends into a beak in her nose, a little dinosaur-esque pincer and uh, reptilian wings sprout out of her back as her arms kind of suck up into it. And she flies at this thing. Go right ahead. At her face. Make your attack. Also, I'm going to give a very, I'm going to attempt to give a very quick and dirty view to the people at home of what a Quetzalcoatlus actually looks like, which was a real creature, but go ahead and uh, make your attacks. Well, yeah, if you believe dinosaurs were real. I mean, um, yeah. Not going to get me, Satan. <laughs> I saw this documentary called the Flintstones. They were real and they were used as airplanes. You know, I, I, I thought it was it's going to living. be like this ju- 
Thank you for that deep cut, by the way. Thank you for that deep cut, Sage Ryan. And I'm going to put this like big old boy just right here. I thought it was going to like block everything up, but nope, he's just here to be, he's here to be a dinosaur friend. Yep. That, that, that is what Tatiana looks like right now. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? This is a new form to her. And this guy only gets one attack, unfortunately. If only we could have leveled up in the middle of the fight as a 10 to hit. Alas, it is not enough as you come hurtling towards her. Unless you want to give me inspiration for um, choosing a Quetzalcoatlus. I feel like a Quetzalcoatlus is its own reward, so no. Okay. But as you go hurtling towards her, beak extended. You just hear Rose's voice in your head say, you know, I'm really glad Jibaku didn't live to see you embarrass yourself like this, Tatiana. (laughs) (laughs) Right past. Uh, Anything else from Tatiana? Well, we use our bonus action and our movement and our uh, action, and that is um, that's all the that's all the things you get in TNT. But but Tatiana Burb has engaged the behemoth <laughs> that is the caller. Uh, after you do this, Tatiana, I need all of you to give me wisdom saves. I hate when you say that. Also, same. Same. Thank you. <gasps> nah, dirty 20. Perfect. Oh, For once, Tatiana is wisest 20. as a bird brain. 17. You said wisdom, correct? I did say wisdom. But what, 21 was that from Uriah? 17 from Finn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Also 17 for me. 17. 24 for me. Three. Perfect. <gasps> um, Had to get somebody. Doesn't mm-hmm. roll to disbelief. Finn, Valentine, and Desmond take 38 points of psychic damage Ooh. and are frightened of the caller until the end of her next turn. So disadvantage oh, wait, was it on psychic a t- damage. Hold on. How much yes, damage? Yes, that is psychic. That, 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 I that is uh, my, am resistant to psychic damage. That is not accounting for any mitigation. So yes, okay. although unless um, you're immune to frightened, you are still frightened. I'm immune to frightened, but I'm dead. <gasps> Finn goes down oh, again. Oh, oh. How many points was that you said? Thirty-eight. I had twenty-three hit points left. Those of the uh, rest of you, Uriah, Nahara, and Tatiana, take fifteen points. And oh no, not fifteen. Sorry. Um, 18 points. Yeah, I'm trying. No, 19. Try, I had to math. 19 points of damage and are not frightened. Psychic, again, not including any mitigation. Is uh, that the only one I'm so not resistant to? If you're immune it to It is being the frightened. only one you're not resistant to, actually. Yes, it Ooh, is the only perfect. one your rage doesn't help you with. That is true. If you're uh, immune to being frightened, it's still the same amount of... Yeah, the damage, damage is the same, but you are not frightened. Yeah, how much did you say it was? 15? Uh, uh, no, 19. 19. 19. And gotcha. you do see the wounds on her body begin to close up again. And she looks down at Finn. And this time you do hear that terrible voice again. I told you I'm a woman of my word. Uriah goes last. Uh, it is Nahara's turn. 
As you see, Finn has been struck down and this monstrous creature is in the sky gloating with Tatiana having actively engaged. What would you like to do? Oof. Um, well, my meat shield Hezro is still up and that's concentration. So I am going to hit her with a couple of Eldritch Blasts. Have at it. Roll okay. away. So for the first one, it is, uh, does a 17 hit? Let me, I don't think so, but let me double check. Um, I'm incorrect. A 17 does hit. Cool. So the first one is 11 points of force damage. And the second is uh, 26 to hit. Uh, more than enough. And that is 11 points. Perfect. Anything else from Nahara? Uh, no, but I believe my Hezro. Oh, actually, I, you know, oh, go ahead. give me, give me uh, well, two things. We got to make a, you got to make a constant, a concentration check to see if you can maintain that spell. Right. So uh, you need to, basically you need to 20 because otherwise it's a DC 28. Uh, <laughs> Is it concentration? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not make it. It was a uh, nine points. So, uh, you would have lost concentration on the spell and lost your Hezro. However, that means you're free to cast another concentration spell if you like. I know we're, we're playing a kind of retroactive here, but you can do a different thing if oh. you want, because technically you would have lost concentration when she hit you before but, your turn. Oh, that's right. So, okay, in that yeah. case, I'm going to cast Sickening Radiance. Perfect. Let me just give her back those hit points and then we're gonna do that within 120 feet she is um is that uh and that's a save from her correct not an yeah, attack from you make a con save um what is the dc 15 she does make it i actually ah! made it on the die mm -hmm, she does okay. make it uh let me see is that a thing that causes half damage i don't know let me just Nope. Okay. You see the glow. Um, that's a target, not a radius, correct? Uh, it is a radius. That means Tatiana is in it too because <gasps> she's there to engage. Be Dave! So, Tatiana, give I'm me a con resistant. save. You are. Are but you? Give me a con save. She's, uh, uh, is it psychic? It's, ra it's radiant it's damage. It's radiant correct? damage. She, she will be resistant if she doesn't make uh, the save. I would have picked something else. I'm sorry. Oh, but I have a lot of con. It's an 18. Oh, okay. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Same ah. thing. This glowing, <laughs> sickly cloud goes off as these kaiju are doing battle in the sky here. Uh, anything else from Nahara? Um, no. <laughs> That's it. Uriah, it is your turn. Again, uh, Finn is dying on the ground next to you. All right. Now, uh, young Irina is uh, also unconscious, but she's been stabilized. I, ca I cast Spare of the Dying on her. Correct. So I will drag her. Although, although, yes, because I'm terrible, Irina also would have been caught in that effect, which would have given her a death save. Very so well. It would not have automatically killed her, but it would, it would have been a strike against and put her back into death saves. Uh... Then bonus action. As mm -hmm. I pick her up and uh, get her to the wagon, bonus action, spare the dying on her. Mm -hmm. My action is to 
cast mass cure wounds. I think mm-hmm. I will not be able to get Tatiana because she's up in the sky, but everyone mm-hmm. else she's and tough. and Irina mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, will cure. So uh, Fen, who is at zero hit points, because I'm a cleric of the grave, it will cure maximum. Uh, so it will be 3d8, 24 plus five. You get 29 hit points back. Both Finn and uh, Arena would both get 29. 29, the rest, that's right. The rest you have to roll for, yep. And, and you very much see she... <gasps> right. <coughs> she looks at you, Uriah, and she's like, I really hate her. <laughs> Please, into the wagon. We need to stay with the skull. I, I need you to protect it. She draw. She actually picks her sword up off the ground that she dropped when she went unconscious, and she's like, "I will defend it with my life," and climbs into the back of the wagon. And you very much hear the caller say, "You know, she probably really will defend it with her life." Hmm. Yes, that's something for another round because I've used my action and bonus action. Uh, so yes, and everyone else, I rolled quite well, although mm, somewhat ominously, I rolled three sixes in a row. Uh, so <laughs> that means 23 hit points to everyone who wasn't at zero. 23 back to Desmond, Valentine, and Nahara. Yes. Perfect. Uh, that was it for you, right? correct? Thank you. Yes, and uh, I can see the skull from here, yes? Yes, it's still in the back of the wagon. Mm-hmm. And so Arena has, is it is there with her sword? All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am there. Uh, Finn, <laughs> freshly returned from the next world again. It is your turn. Finn is not feeling okay. Uh, I'm gonna try to do Eldritch Blast. That's the one thing I got that can hit her. Well, I mean, um, you could you could you could close in and melee again. You were having success with that. She just keeps running away from you when you do. Mm, true. And I do get two attacks with Nepenth. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? I'm done with this. Let's let's do this. So I've got two attacks with Nepenth. I, not being a total monster, will say you can evade the sickening radiance as you close in on her, because she's literally gargantuan. So okay. <laughs> she's got a lot of real uh, estate to try and hit. They are both dirty 20s. Uh, that is two hits. And uh, because she is who she is, I get 2d6, and I'm using the pens, I get additional 2d6 for radiant damage. While she's rolling this, Desmond, before that little wave of healing right there, how many hit points did Desmond have left? One. <laughs> you can't help but feel some of those eight red eyes are very much locked on you, Desmond. Yeah. And you hear Rose's voice in your mind say, Getting close. Won't be long now, your highness. So 20 20 (laughs) martial damage. Perfect. I'm sorry, I had the wrong dice. It's 2d10. Whoops. Mm -hmm. Not me messing up. It's a lot happening. A lot's happening. And then uh, another 16 of Radiant. Uh, So that was 10 and 16? Or 20 and 16, sorry. 20 and 16. Perfect. I mean, again, the Nepenth glowing with red, hate-filled violence bites deeply into her, and fiendish black blood le- seeps out of the wounds. Like, she's clearly hurt by it, but she just sort of, like, grunts, like, <clears throat> but doesn't talk any trash. Mm, 
And I'm just making sure I don't lose a bonus action. Is she is she unarmed? She is unarmed. Okay. Oh never I mean, mind. I... She's by no means defenseless, but she's not holding anything, no. Uh never mind. I had to use unarmed strike. So that's it for me. Perfect. Valentine. It is your turn. Great, yes. Um, I would like to quicken and twin spell of a firebolt. So I'll be throwing four of them total um, as a bonus action. The first one is a 26 to hit. More than enough. Uh, the next one is a dirty 20 to hit. Also That's enough. A nat 20. Oh. And a 16. That one's not enough. Okay, gonna roll this damage separately. Mm -hmm. um, okay, uh, nine points of damage on the first one. Rolled mm -hmm. another nine on that D10 on the second one, which is not Cut the one it. that's doubled yet. Okay. That's 10 points of damage on the one that's doubled, so that's... That's 28 so far, got okay, it. Okay, and that's the only three that hit for those. Mm -hmm. um, and then as my actual action, I'm going to cast Summoner Aberration. And I am going to summon a Beholderkin in the sky. But if I may, I'd like to make it look more of like a god brain, like eye of tentacles in the sky. Uh, I would like to summon it closer to me in between us because it does have a range on spell attacks, uh, but position it between us. A terrible person, me. Mm -hmm. has to point out something yes because you were frightened you have to roll all of those with disadvantage Ugh. now i'm not gonna take that 20 from you because okay. is pitched a battle as this is we're still among friends so then a but second roll, roll for the first the, one roll yep a second, a second roll, roll for the for first, first one. one 18 is still 24. enough okay uh and then the second one is 22 Still would have been enough. So still worked out the way it worked plus out. Seven to my spellcasting modifier. It's kind of hard to fail, and I still do it sometimes. It's like you're good at this. Yes, your beholder can appears. Beholder can appears. Uh, it goes after me, and I'm going to use its ranged attack, which is I ray. It uses my modifier, but it shouldn't have any of my effects on it. Uh, mm -hmm. That is a twenty-six to hit. you rolling against me for what if anything does the beholder can say when it appears uh the beholder can i do not command it to speak i command it only to sit in the position between us that's somewhat obstructive of me and the party gathered okay. on the ground perfect all right go ahead um, and roll your attack and then that is 1d8 plus 3 plus the spell level which is mm -hmm. spell level 4 that it was summoned at um mm -hmm. It's an additional 11 points of damage. Uh, you see the beam of disintegration. Psychic damage. Oh, psychic damage? Mm -hmm. And the other one was psychic <sighs> damage, of course. I mean, the psychic damage? Nothing happens, Notice. Valentine. When the beam erupts, hits center mass right in the middle of her eight eyes, and she does not flinch or budge an inch. Okay, well, the other ones were fire damage, and I'm still putting yep. it between us at least. The fire damage still sticks. Perfect. Anything else for Valentine? That is all for me. Desmond, it is your turn. Yay. 
<laughs> Desmond's just uh, feeling better and just happy about it. So uh, <clears throat> I believe he still is, has the hunter's mark uh-huh. selected because he's still within, even though she's 120. Well, same as Nahara. You got to roll to see if you maintained concentration on it, which would have been, you would have to beat basically a thir- uh, uh, a 28. So you need to roll a natural 20 to see if you held your hunter's mark or not. So you can roll it. <laughs> you never know. One in 20. Yeah. Mir- not the way happen. these dice. Yeah. And what was I rolling? Concentration. It's just a straight die. Uh, oh, yeah, then that's 11. Concentration is straight, right? Or is it spellcaster modifier as well? I got too many additions of this game floating around in my head right now. I don't see concentration in, as anything that I would no. have a bonus to anyway. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I thought you would use your spellcasting modifier. You know what? I'll give you your spellcasting modifier. I think the only, the, the only like. Uh, you make is. a constitution save to maintain your concentration. Con save. Con save. Con save. Oh, a con save. Oh, yeah, yep. then still. It's I apologize, zero. everyone. I'm handling a number of con for right con, now. obviously. Right. Two cons. Ooh. They're both con. Makes- Makes total sense. So Guess what? My concept but, is still a zero buff for bonus. So well, eleven buff. So before you would have <laughs> dropped Hunter's Mark. So now you can you can act as you will. When yeah. she hits you, you would have lost the Hunter's Mark. Cool. On the bright side, it's a bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark. Mm-hmm. So I feel like is she still the ninety feet away from me since I'm like. Yeah, you'd moved up last time, so you're a little closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use my bonus action to do that. And then I'm also going to use my primary action to cast Cure Boons. Okay. Because reasons. And that is a 3d8 plus one. So when you I roll it. You what? hear her voice in your head again. Desmond, are you really going to die out here without showing me the real you? Like, I mean, I, I understand wanting to deny me something you know I'm going to enjoy. But like... You're going to greet your ancestors knowing that you did not fight your hardest. Really? Okay, dude. Okay. That's a 12. Twelve points back. Desmond's not paying her any attention. <laughs> Perfect. Anything else from Desmond? Nope, that's the bonus action and the primary action. We're good for now. Ismark continues his shockingly ineffective barrage of arrows, but he sort of shimmied up into the back of the wagon, like standing between the skull and her again. And again, he's online with all of them. They're just like, (laughs) 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 he's he's trying his hardest, but it's just not breaking for him. Uh, With that brings us back to the top um, with her. Um, She... I don't like this pause. Mm. <laughs> Not a bit. I got to see, you know, uh, how, how about that life she is. And the answer is she's very about that life. Um, really wish Tatiana had become an owl bear so that someone could say, what's with the big pause? This, 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 We're not paying you enough for that, Mark. This, this creature is immune <laughs> to psychic damage, but I assure you, I am not. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> she. <laughs> he did it to himself. 
Desmond, what is your AC currently? Yes. What What is your AC currently? I, I, I was just trying to know that because <laughs> I get the feeling that this is a personal attack. Uh, mm-hmm. 15. E- the eyes light up. Tatiana, you see her eyes begin to glow and she turns and looks right towards you like she's going to blast you. And she goes, All that strength and you can't stop the inevitable. And two beams leap out and hit Desmond for 34 points of psychic damage. Uh, 17 and 17. Uh, but that is it for her. And that brings us back to Tatiana. It is your turn. I you, feel like there should be do's... a reaction available for if someone's just a, a dick right in front of you like that. <laughs> Alas, there is not. You know, there there is no counter spell against taunting. But it is your turn. Uh if I could rage on top of my rage, I'd like to do that. It's a double rage. Uh, and then I'm going to do what the Quetzalcoatlus does best. I fly so, out of range without opportunity attack. Well, that's handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to tell you something here, um, if you'd like. She's big enough that you could turn into something non-flying and land on her and attack. Uh, if she tries to shake you off, something might happen. But I mean, she's mountainous. Uh, now that you're up here, if you wanted to shift, that is viable, or you could do whatever it is that you want to Dave, do. Dave, you course. gotta tell me that at I, the I end of my did. previous <laughs> turn so that oh, I could that's, that's where <laughs> spend the whole time trying to figure right. out which creature to shape into. You know, but I, because I, I haven't. Whatever you like, you, you were the expert here, you do what you want. Look, I am far from expert at anything having to do with Druid, but I am an expert at stabbing my beak into things take that <laughs> however you will um look i just want to do this She's sweet like, dive oh, attack yeah, okay. and you know what mm-hmm. it's gonna be reckless because i don't want to miss again <laughs> sweet reckless dive attack yep have at it okay uh the quest flies 30 feet above and then like a dart narrows into just one a uh, uh, thin little pinprick falling from the sky. And uh, that is a 17. And nope, not the other one. Uh, 17 is enough. <gasps> uh, okay, great. That's going to be. Look, I can take the average, but I don't want to. We're going to roll 3d6. That is. Uh, 14 piercing. Perfect. But let me see if there's anything super sweet that, uh, oh, I get plus two from raging. You do. So 16? 16. Perfect. All Uh, right. And then I'd like to use the other, how many feet of movement I got? Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. It's a fast, it's a fast bird. Oh, Oh, yeah. My fly speed is 80. So I'd like to. Go 50 feet back up. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, uh, you dive bomb and go past, and she turns her head and looks at you and vanishes. You all see her disappear. 
and reappears standing directly over the wagon, directly over all of you, looking straight down on the ground for the first time. Desmond, give me a con save. I don't know which dice to trust. <laughs> that one. Oh no. She appears and you all hear her voice in your head again say, all hail the king. And you see an explosion of necrotic energy around Desmond for 22 points of necrotic damage. Is Desmond still up? We're in death saves. <sighs> Desmond, as you collapse and hit the dirt, you hear Armand's voice. My king, my king. Oh, the, you must, your cups must have gotten to you and you're back in that room, Desmond. He's helping you to your feet with a spilled flagon of wine there. And you see Voronika is staring daggers at you. She's like, I shall, I shall find out who overpolished your throne here that caused you to slip. Here, please have a seat, have a seat. And he helps you sit back down on the throne. And Desmond, you just hear Rose. You don't see her, but you hear her say, didn't have to be like this, Desmond. Now you get to stay there. What? Yeah, I did. To the rest of you, Desmond by no means vanishes. He collapses in the middle of the battle like everything else. That is only what Desmond sees on the other side of it. Uh, Nahara, it is your turn. She is now physically standing on the ground, essentially right over all of you. I am going to hurl a witch bolt at her. All right, have at it. That is a 24 to hit. That is more than enough. For... 19 points of lightning damage. Perfect. Um, and then we've established that she's, because I'm in form of dread, but the wisdom save to be frightened doesn't work. Correct. Right? Okay. Correct. She cannot be frightened. Okay. Um, however, all of you give me perception checks. You can even give, give it with advantage, because she's very big. <laughs> okay. That is perception, you said, yeah? Not yeah, you, Desmond. You're seeing 19. something else. I was just rolling anyways, because we're... <laughs> Perfect, Tatiana. I got the bird's eye view, you know? That's true. Dirt, oh, wait, no. 22? 18. 18, 22. With advantage? Yes. Uh, what Finn get? Oh, wait, Finn's up. What Finn get? 13. 13. 26. 26. 26. Uh, Finn, it's difficult for you to make out being blinded by hate and rage here. Uh, the rest of you realize, especially that you can see her this close, she's actually hurt really badly. Like there's very deep gashes and burns and stabs and bites all over her. Uh, that even though when she's hurting you all, they're incrementally closing up, they're not closing at the rate that you all at the at a great at a rate greater than you all are harming her. So uh anything else from Nahara? That is it for me. Perfect, Uriah. Bonus action. Grave Cleric ability to spare the dying at range on mm -hmm. Desmond. Mm -hmm. 
Desmond, and... in that throne room, Voronika leans over to you and she says, Please, Desmond, this is only our first day. You don't have to embarrass me. And I, and you're back and feel nothing but the dirt under your face. <laughs> you are not conscious yet, but he has pulled you out of that place, at least. Yes, yeah. Mariah. All right. Um, right. This is something I have only... Recently gained the ability to do, and it's a bit of a long shot. But Uriah grasps his holy symbol and calls out, Ezra, Lady of the Mists, this fiend mocks your power. Teach her fear. Help us strike her down. Calling on divine intervention. I like where this is headed. Roll it. Okay. Or do you want me to roll it? You want to roll it or you want me to roll it? Uh, I don't want you to roll it because of what I just rolled. <laughs> oh, what'd you get? Zero seven. I think I've got a 10% chance for it to work. What? You have a 9%, 8%, 9%, 9% chance for it to work. Okay. And you rolled a seven? Yes. Whew. So do I tailor this or do you... Let me, okay. if you don't mind. Is you reach out to Ezra, Brother Uriah. For a moment, you feel the cold chill of the mist wash over you. And you're back in that place again. You're back in that place with that horrid bull creature outside the carnival. And you know, this is the part where Finn reaches out and takes you by the shoulder. But when the hand reaches out and touches you and you turn to face her, it's something completely different. There is the vague outline of a woman in the mist you feel like she's wearing black robes covered in feathers you've never gotten this close to her before and she leans in close to you and even right in front of you you still can't quite make her out in the mists my lady and she leans next to you and she says, I can give your friend revenge, but it won't bring her any peace. Will it stop the fiend? Yes. Is there anything that will give her peace? She leans back. And she puts her hand on your young shoulder and she says, the task before you is burdensome, Uriah, but trust your friends, trust each other. I will send you a message very soon. 
And in front of you, you see the caller reaches down and smashes her hand through the wagon. Ismark and Arena barely jumping out of the way, and she wraps her hand around the skull as you see desperation starting to come across her face. Because as I said, she's been hurt very badly. But out of the forest, where the mist of Barovia never truly parts, you all see it come rolling in, snaking along the ground. And it begins to snake up and over the cart and wraps around her arm and pulls her down and holds her there and continues pulling her down lower and lower and her head comes right into range of you finn standing right there next to you finn as the mist itself is restraining her you can roll three times and take the highest her path to the grave is open finn i'm on it you when Uriah says the path to the grave is open, you all hear a distant rumble of thunder and down the road ahead of you, you do see, it's like the road fades away and it just goes sprawling into darkness. And you are aware that down that road is nothing but oblivion. And the caller turns and looks at it. And all of you can see this creature who is intrinsically fearless for the first time ever has had to contemplate death and struggles, but can't get away. 26 is my highest roll. Uh, more than enough. And Ray, you can roll your second attack. Oh, okay. That was, you can roll this one three and take the highest again. All right. Is uh, Uriah's Nat twenty? <gasps> Ezra provides. Uh, so, because she has been marked with the path to the grave, that makes her vulnerable, and you're going to double that. So, the damage you do, you're going to do four times that much <gasps> damage to her. Oh, this is beautiful. So that's two attacks with Nepenthe. So I also get my, what do you call that? Radiant damage. Mm -hmm. And so someone please get me a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not good at that. Yep. Yes. Okay. You guys help. Uh, yep. It's whatever this yeah. is times four. Uh, so 13, 19. 24 is the regular damage. That's okay. 96. 96 points of damage. And um, 12, then quadrupled. So 96 plus 48. Mm -hmm. So 144. 144. <laughs> Which almost would have been enough to kill her from the beginning. Finn, tell me what it looks like when you finally slay the caller. At the very last second, she turns and looks at you, and you hear Rose's voice say, I loved every second of it. I just wish I could have killed them all again, only to see Soul's face. Oh, and that just makes Finn, 
like the the glow of the sword alone is washing her in this horrible red light almost like if she was bathed in blood and she just lets out this inhumane scream as she cleaves the collar's head off and then kicks it down the road nepenthe cuts through her neck as large as it is all the way down through the cart all the way down into the ground in the mists wrap around the collar pulling her into pieces her head away from her body and as it lays there a second you actually see the mist start dragging her off towards that oblivion and uriah you see that woman standing by the portal made out of mist and she just looks at you and nods hold my knees she... thank you blessed be blessed be Ezra. all praise in your name you see she turns and looks at all of you you see this outline desmond and tatiana you can't help but feel like she's staring at you intently, even more than Uriah. It's difficult to say because her face is rather amorphous, but it's like she's looking through you. And you all see this body dragged off into the distance and the darkness dissipates and you see the gray gloom of Barovia for the first time ever made warmer by victory. Ezra be praised. I've seen the goddess. Fen, you, you did it, Fen. And Fen is just, the. it was an empty victory. She like drops to her knees and drops Nepenthe. And she's just destroyed by what she now knows is the truth. Tatiana comes flying from above and uh, only a few feet from the earth does she transform back into herself Uriah what was that she runs and hugs him it, it, it was Ezra it was the lady of the mist she and said Fen, she made it possible for Fen. Fen, oh. are you all right? No. I now know the truth about what they did to his soul, and if I go back, if she doesn't kill me, she'll hate me. And I'm so sorry. As the mists begin to retract off of the road, as they roll over you, Desmond, you feel yourself waking up and returning to your own normal consciousness, seeing Finn here in this state. So I've missed some things. Uh, <clears throat> and what's, uh, what's wrong? I did what I came to do. He just kneels next to her and just 
imagine that's got to be tough. Doesn't feel like I thought it would. Never does. Yeah. I'm going to put that thing in a bag. Sure. And and Fen relinquishes Nepenthe and just keeps staring at it, even though she knows that she's paid a higher price than she ever wanted to. And as you are looking at it, as Desmond slides the sword back into the sheath, you can't help but think that Nepenthe got exactly what it wanted, mm-hmm. both for the caller and from you. And that is a good place for us to stop. Stop.